Hello, my name's Kimberly, and I'm founder of Huga in the Early Years. And in this week's podcast, I'm going to be talking to you all about my new book, Bringing Huga into the Early Years. And we're going to be continuing looking at each section of my book and going through some of the activities that you can do to support your practice. So if you want to join me today, we are focusing on page 43, which is all about core values. Don't worry if you've not got a copy of the book though because everything that I talk about you can follow along with me now. Now you might have noticed if you've been listening to my podcast for a little while that there's been a huge gap in between this podcast episode and my previous one and that's because I have had a baby little Oliver and I have just been loving mum life. I yeah, I'm not going to sort of say anything other than that, really. And I've just been embracing everything that that's involved. And recording podcasts has sort of gone down to the bottom of my list of things to try and do and keep going um, while I'm at home with Oliver. But I have had so many requests for people um, wanting me to record some more episodes. So I'm going to try and pop these together and bring them out weekly to you again. Now, just like before, they won't be edited. So I do apologise if um, you like to have a little bit of a jingle at the beginning. Um, unfortunately, I haven't got the time um, in my day to do this, and I just feel that providing the content is what you need right now. So let's crack on, let's get started. So we are continuing with our theme of rebalancing you, which is the first section of the book. And it's all about creating a good foundation for your mental health, your well-being, and really putting you first in what you understand as being things that light you up, that bring you happiness, but also connecting to what your core values are and making sure that you are doing this daily through the way you live your life, but also the way that you 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 teach and you lead in the early years practice that you do. So today we're thinking about the strengths of each child and we're going to draw upon one of the founding principles of the Reggio Emilia approach which is the concept of the image of the child and this refers to what people believe, understand and assume about the role of children in education and society. So there's a real focus here on understanding the unique strengths that each child has and really taking that time to understand them in order to best think about how young children learn. And it goes back to the experiences that we've had as children, as learners, as educators, and how that greatly impacts the way that we see our children different images of the child that's the core really of the Reggio Emilia approach and each one of you has your own unique image of that child because of the way that you have been brought up and the experiences you've had and so it's important that we take time to think about what this is how we see young children as being capable learners how we see learning happening for them and start to draw up our own internal image really of what that looks like on a day-to-day basis within our practice 
So one activity that my members have loved doing, and I found this helpful as well in my practice as an early educator, is to take a child in your setting and create a word cloud about them, or maybe add some text over a photograph of that child or get them to do a self-portrait and write the words around it. And think about all the strengths that you see in that child. So some ideas here, it could be that you see the child as being brave, creative, imaginative, competent, perhaps full of wonder. Maybe they've got um, amazing resilience, you know, nothing stops them getting um, put off doing something. They just keep on going. And what I want you to do is to just list these or pop them around that child uh, portrait or picture or word cloud that you're doing so that you're recognizing um, just how, how you see the child being within your setting. And this is a really lovely thing that you can do and display all around your setting as well. You know, families love to look at these. You might even do a photocopy of what you've created and send it home for families to cherish as well. And I think it's a really nice part of that like, loving pedagogy that we um, often think about when we're looking at Huga. Now, my member, Elizabeth, she did something similar, but she sort of put a little bit of a twist on it. And she's created Wonderful Me Jazz as a way of celebrating that uniqueness that each child has. So what she did was she um, gave the children each a jar and she called it a Wonderful Me Jar and they decorated it in their own way. And then they sent these jars home with each child and their family. And the families wrote special notes about what made each child so wonderful and special to them and it was fantastic she said because they were able to include many of the people who were special to the child as well so grandparents aunties uncles friends of the family even the pets and then the children brought these jars back in and they got really excited to share all of the special their friends in in the setting and then you're able to maybe display these as part of your environment. And it's just something lovely to also keep and have and cherish forever. So these are just a few little ideas that you can do to support your sort of image of the child, I suppose, and thinking about your core values. And then lastly, something that's really good to do is to just think about your conflicting values and practice and making sure that what you believe in and how you see the children as being learners is the type of setting, the type of work that you're doing day on day. Because if you see children as being um, inquisitive, curious, they are independent, but yet you're working in a setting that doesn't allow the child to develop these skills then there's a conflict of interest here and you can see then that you're not going to do the best practice as an early years educator because it doesn't sit well with your vision of the child. So you need to make sure that your vision of the child 
really marries up with where you're working and the practice that you're doing each day. So I hope you find that really useful to do. And I'd love to know how you get on. If you take any photographs of the work that you create around this, um, if you write any blog pieces for maybe your school website or your nursery website or a social media post, please tag me in them. I do love to see what you're doing and what you're taking from what I'm sharing with you. So give it a go. Okay, well, thank you so much for tuning in this week. I will be talking next week all about our part two of my Bringing Hygge into the Early Years book. And we're going to be looking at the Hygge environment and how we can bring Hygge into the, the way we set things up in the resources that we have, the way we create a cosy and calm environment, the way that we... Um, support a good sense of arrival and departure when children are coming to our setting and leaving our setting. So do join me again next week. I hope to release the podcast on Friday next week, all being well. And I hope that you have a lovely weekend. I know we're set to have a heat wave here in the UK at the beginning of next week, Monday, Tuesday, um, where temperatures are expected to get to sort of 30, 33 degrees. So that's quite rare here, <laughs> especially up in Yorkshire. So we will see, we will try our best to stay cool. Okay, well, take care and I look forward to joining you again next week. Bye.